Welcome to the Destiny Church 217 podcast, where we share the sermon of the week from Destiny Church. After the message, check out the show notes for links and more information on how to get connected with Destiny. Let's get into the message. Welcome in the name of the Lord. It's good to have you here this morning. Those of you that are joining us online as well, we welcome you in the name of the Lord. It's a good, good day. Any day you get to come in the presence of the Lord is a good day. Amen. Praise the Lord. So uh, I'm going to talk today about finding your purpose, which is a, a pretty broad statement. <clears throat> and so if you're kind of like meandering through life, trying to figure some things out and, and uh, wanting to know, you know, what is my purpose in life? Hopefully what I have to say here in the next few minutes will help you. If you already know this is my purpose in life, then may, may this message kind of sharpen you up, hone you in on some specifics because... Uh, we can get to a point in our life when we just kind of say, you know, why am I here? And we all ask that question, why am I here? What is the point to all of this? Do I just go to school and then what's the next thing? Oh, get a job and then what do I do? Oh, I try to find somebody to get married. Do I buy, get a house and then I get a bigger house or I get toys, I get more toys and I have to, you know, and, and then, then you find somebody that loves you who then may eventually leave you or will certainly die. And so you're all by yourself in this life at one point or another trying to figure out what, what am I doing? What, what is the purpose of while I'm here? What, 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 I mean, I just was amazed this morning driving in looking at the sun because I have to drive east to come in, into church and just thinking that that's a big old blob of molten something out there keeping us warm. And you know, what are we, 63 million miles away? And we're hurling around it, and it's in the it's in the gal it's in the Milky Way that's in the universe, and it's moving. So it's just not the static thing. It's just what what is the reason that God put us here? I mean, um, those are some pretty pretty heady questions, and. Um, in the end, you want whatever it is that you purpose your life to do and to be and to give to, you want it to be worth it in the end, that it makes a difference, I think. I don't think anyone wants to die and not be remembered. I think you want to say, you know, this was my mark on the world. This was my mark on life. And so finding your purpose in life begins here. First, you find your purpose, and then your purpose is to give your whole life to that purpose. That's not talking in circles because we can get ahead of ourselves and you need to start with what your purpose is and then once you discover what that purpose is, then your whole life's purpose is enacting, pursuing, and going hard after whatever God has laid on your life to be. I am a, I am a, a pastor. I'm a theologian light. I'm no Dr. David Nichols, but um, the, the, the catechism is a, is a stellar document if you've never associated yourself with the catechism, whether it's Luther's smaller catechism, Westminster's catechism. Uh, they all start out basically the same, and they ask this first question. I mean, it's a, it's a relatively in-depth book that asks you a bunch of questions and gives you the answers, but the very first question is the question what we're really dealing with today, and that is, what is man's chief end? In other words, I mean, that's old language, but in reality, it means what's your purpose? Why are we here? And chief, man's chief end, his primary purpose, is to, quote, glorify God and enjoy him forever. Well, that's pretty, that's pretty broad, isn't it? 
So what's your purpose in life? Yeah, to go enjoy God and glorify him forever. Have a good day. No, let's, 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 can we just get down in the weeds a little bit and, and unpack that suitcase to help us find our purpose today? So first of all, you have to know what your source of your purpose is, right? <clears throat> well, if I just get this degree, if I can just get that house, if I can just hit that dollar mark in my savings account, if I can just marry that woman, if I can just get a hold of, if we can just have kids, if we can just go on that vacation, and, you, and, you're, and you're chasing this carrot on a stick that's taped to your back and dangling out in front of you, you're never going to be able to catch it. Because you're looking for something that isn't found in those places. You're looking for something that is not found in those places. So today's text, and really the only text I'd like you to commit to memory this morning, is from the book of Psalm, chapter 57, verse 2. It says this, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. So, you want to find purpose? This is the starting point right here. This is how you find purpose in life. You look around, you find, you see other people, they seem to be enjoying life. They're having good relationships. They've got a rewarding job. They seem to get out of bed every morning with an attitude of, let's go get this thing. And God's got something in store for them, but not for you. God's got something in store for you. I don't believe he intends your life to be just in the doldrums, painful, tragedy, like that movie Groundhog's Day, right? Where you just get up and it's all the same every day. The joy of the Lord is something real. We sang about it in our opening song today. I quoted the scripture early uh, when we began our service today. But I'm talking about something that brings joy into your life, a life full of joy. The power of discovering your purpose is going to be found there. Can't be overstated. The purpose in your life allows you then, once you have a purpose, that allows you to get through the bad things that happen to you, the negative stuff that happens to you, that divorce, that fire, that loss, that bankruptcy, those circumstances that will crush you if you don't have a purpose, a reason to get out of bed and go, you know what? There's something bigger than what just happened to me. I have a purpose in life. And so we're going to talk about that today. Of course, my wife is a nurse. She's a cancer nurse. And so she's well aware of uh, the, the warning signs for cancer. <clears throat> but every disease has some sort of warning sign, whether it's glaucoma or high blood pressure or athlete's foot or whatever it is that's troubling you, there are warning signs that kind of trigger like, oh, something's going on here. I better get that checked out. Well, there are also warning signs that will flash in your life that tell you you are living a life without purpose or the purpose in your life has dimmed and you need to re-energize that. You get downcast, you're sad all the time, depression creeps in, your passion is failing, you feel stuck, you've lost your joy, you feel like you're just wandering around, no direction, kind of aimlessly going through life like a pinball. So those are the warning signs. But if you want to have purpose, you take those warning signs to a place, you say, hey doctor, here's the stuff that's going on with me. How can we get that fixed? Well. Those are the warning signs of whatever that disease is that's going to eventually get to you. So let's cut it off with the past. Are you ready? Yeah. 
I said, are you ready? Okay, let's talk about it. It's time to regain that purpose. I'm not a big Lord of the Rings fan, never watched the movies, but I know the book, and the book has a poem in it, and it's one of my favorite poems. You may be familiar with a line in the poem that goes like this, all who wonder are not lost. You ever heard that? That's Tolkien. He wrote that in Lord of the Rings. The, The line in front of that is, all that is gold does not glitter, all who wonder are not lost. All that is gold does not glitter. All who wonder are not lost. Same thing applies for you. You feel like you're kind of wandering through. Have you lost your purpose? I have these times in my life where all of a sudden it's like I really don't have an idea of, I can't, let me put it this way, I can't see in reality, what it is the purpose for my life is. But it's like, uh, you know, when you're driving and the fog comes in, you just focus your attention like on the road right in front of you because you can't see down the way. But then the fog lifts, you go, oh, that's where I'm headed, right? It's like um, um, we have curtains here on the stage. So let's say, sorry, light man. Sorry, Greg. So let's say I'm up here on the stage and... um, I know exactly where I'm at. I'm in front of all of y'all. We're having a great day. Can you turn some lights on me, Greg? Beautiful. All right. I don't know. So here we are, right? So this is me. This is analogous unto me knowing, okay, this is my purpose. Got it, okay? But then what happens is in all of our lives, the curtain closes. And wherever you got that purpose, wherever you, wherever you saw that plan for your life, it's still there, but the, just the day in, day out routine has come and closed the curtains on what is, it's, it's still there. You just can't see it. You can't feel it as tactile. I often, you know, when, when there's a, when I have a, a moment, whether it's in the word or in worship or whatever, and God shows me something, and I mean that by he shows me a picture in my mind or reminds me in his word, I oftentimes want to journal that. I write that down. I'll put the date and I'll remember that because you know what happens? When you get up off the floor, when you close your Bible, and when the curtain closes, you can have a tendency to forget what God's purpose is for your life because tomorrow morning has now crept into your life. So you got to keep track of those things and you got to say, God, I need to. And of course, when I can't, when I'm behind the curtain and I can't see what's in front of me, by faith, I can see what he has promised. So here we go. Number one, you can write these down. First thing you want to do is go to God in prayer, right? He's the one that's going to give us our vision. He's the one that's going to give us our purpose. So you're going to go to him in prayer. There's four scriptures and I'm going to, and I, and I generally don't read all of this to you, but this is important. These are worth writing down. If you're kind of waiting for the mist to rise in your life, James chapter one, verse five says this. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives it to him generously without finding fault and it will be given to him. So you want the wisdom of what the purpose is in your life? Have you asked God, what is my purpose in life? Lord, I need to know that. I need to see that. Secondly, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. God's got a plan and it's a good plan. It's not a bad plan. You weren't here to be the flat tire right? You are not here to be the third wheel. God has a purpose for your life. Thirdly, 
Jeremiah 33, 3. Call unto me and I will answer you. All you have to do is ask. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Have you asked God, what is my purpose in life? Why am I here? What is it that you have chosen for me to do in this land, in this time? Well, let me tell you this. It may not be pretty. And a lot of people may not remember it. But you will have the joy of the Lord because that thing God drops in your life as you're, listen to me, if you don't hear anything else, that thing that God drops in your life, it may not glitter, but it could very well be gold because all that is gold does not glitter. All who wonder are not lost. So you have to be okay not being the one with the star on their chest and the, and the spotlight in their eye and the accolades from the dignitaries. That may not be your lot in life. But when you know that your purpose is to house unwed mothers, Birla High Roy. Nobody's patting them on the back every week, telling them where way to go, putting their name in the newspaper and saying fantastic job. But they found a purpose in their life. They want to help, they want to help moms that want to keep their babies. And I could go through every one of you that have discovered your purpose. It doesn't necessarily have to be a ministry like that. He wants to give you a purpose. And he wants to give you the wisdom to find out the purpose. God wants you to discover your purpose more than you want to discover your purpose. So how do you do that? Well, you go in prayer. Just like I said, you start in prayer and you ask God to reveal that to you. Remember our opening text, Psalm 57? I cry out to the Most High God who fulfills his purpose for me. You cry out to him, you pray. That's his promise. So you're looking to find your purpose in life. Number one, you pray and ask God. Number two, you ready? What goes with prayer? Digging in the word. Why is this? Why do we have to go to the Bible? Because this is the prime. I just opened that up to a passage where there's a date next to it. Isn't that fun? Because you go to the Bible because this is where God speaks. Well, God... God spoke to me in an audible voice. Well, welcome to the one millionth club of, you know, the one billionth person who has, who can say God spoke to me audibly, right? That's not what we're talking about. Or I had a prophetic word. Well, guess what? It came through a person who was as fallen as you, right? So you test those words, don't you? Against what? The word. So you want to know the purpose for your life? and you're not in here, no wonder you can't find your purpose. Well, where do I start? Start in the book of John. Just start with John chapter one. And don't worry about consuming a lot of stuff. This is a mistake you through the Bible in one year people get caught up on. I'm all down for that. I've done it myself. But if you only read so at the end of the day, type A can go up, oh, mission accomplished, read the whole chapter. Uh, you know, that, that. no, you read until God goes, hold up, wait a minute. You need to stop right there, son. I have something for you right there at that verse. And then you just stay there and you ruminate on it. You chew the cow's cu curd, cud, curd, cud, cud, chewing the cud. Don't make me, that's gross, right? But that's the idea. That's the Christian word to meditate. That's where that word comes from is that you bring it back up, you chew it again, and then you take it in. And then you bring it back up, you chew it again. And so I, I, I would care less that you read an entire book of the Bible in a week than you got a hold of one verse that radically changed your life and helped you discover who you were in Christ. And you just memorize, put it in your refrigerator. That was my verse for the week. 
You want to know your purpose in life, you got to get serious about it. Otherwise, you'll just be some lemming that just bounces from pillar to post and dies and we put a marker over your, over your grave. So Jesus, I'm not saying you're not going to heaven, but wouldn't you like to have a purpose? Wouldn't you like to know this is why God put me here to accomplish these things or this thing? So how do you do that? You dig into the word. Well, I'd rather see a plane with a banner behind it flying through the sky that says you should be a ballet dancer. Join now. Or I was laying on my back in the meadow and I looked up and I saw a cloud and it looked like the continent of Africa and the area there by Kenya kind of lit up and, and then a bird kind of flew right through and now I have to go to Kenya, Africa to be a missionary. I've heard them all, ladies and gentlemen. You know what I really like? Hey, pastor, God showed me in the word. I'm like, oh, serious are you? Serious are you? Because you Pentecostal charismatics, you want to see a plane with a banner. I mean, I'd like to see a plane with a banner, you know? Who wouldn't, right? But that's not the reality of finding your purpose in life. It's getting serious about the things of God. You're gonna pray, God, I gotta have a purpose because I'm just tired of waking up, meandering through life. And number two, I'm gonna look in your word. And I'm just gonna start reading until you light something up for me. Now, you're not gonna find any verses about there about, you know, thus saith the Lord, go be a salesperson. Go be a plumber. <laughs> Go be a daycare worker. No, what you will find is you will find principles that will generally take you to the next step, not the final step, because the destination is not the goal. Obedience in the process is the goal. Because God can always do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, whomever he wants to with. So he, God can just simply create whatever it is he desires. But what he desires more is for you to talk to him, you get his mind, and then be faithful every day to walk towards that goal. Because in the end, this is a relationship, right? So this is, I have victory every day when I take one step closer to, in my purpose and act in, my, act in the purpose that God has given me for my life. So you're not gonna find a specific verse that says you should go be a car salesman, a painter, but what you do is you get, you get his heartbeat. You know, when something grabs your heart, my wife does this to the grandkids, to Davina or Liberty or Petra. She did it first for Davina. I don't know why I thought of this just now. But she goes, Davina, you know what my heart says? It says, Davina, Davina, Davina. And you get to see Davina's face light up like, Grandma, Grandma loves me. Grandma's got my heart. Her heart beats for me. When you get that kind of relationship with the Lord, you're going to know exactly where he's leading you. So, number one, pray. Number two, dig into the word. Number three, this is important. It's time to determine your gifts and your strengths. So what does this mean? So, all right. 99% of the time, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go this way first. You have to determine what it is that you have an acumen for, what it is that you're good at, and what you like to do, right? So uh, there are people that are like great mechanics. My son-in-law is a fantastic mechanic. He likes working on things and wrenching on things and fixing stuff. That's awesome. He's gifted at that. There are things that he's not gifted at. There are things that you're gifted at. Maybe you're a painter, and you love to paint. You love to create things. But the last thing you want to do is change your oil or fix your brakes, 
Some of you just, I love to help people. And you're just all up in people's lives. You're taking them chicken dinners all the time and, and you're helping them out and you're wondering who's gonna cut their grass for them when their husband's sick in the hospital or whatever. And you have this very, that kind of thing going on, but you don't have any desire to go paint a beautiful piece of art or you don't fix a car. So all of us have been given or been cultivated in, in, in us because of our upbringing. They, there's been things placed within us to say, these are my natural gifts. This is what I do well. I'm a good speaker. I'm a good writer. I'm a good runner. I'm a good politician. I'm a good, I don't know, that's, you know, I'm a politician. And, and no, that's just a joke, ladies and gentlemen. That's just a joke. But you're good. You're good. You're just naturally inclined. It's your giftedness. It's what you're good at. God's got some specific gifts and strengths for you. So, purpose alert. God's purpose for you most likely involves that thing that he's gifted you at. Now, there are always exceptions to the rule. There are always exceptions to the rule. But 99% of the time, God's going to put something in you because he wants you to use that for his good. So, here's the big key. Number four, you take this giftedness that God has given you and then you mix it together with your passions. So I'm naturally good at X, okay? This is what you do well. This thing that you're a good photographer, you're a good mom, you're a good, you, you, your passion is just education. I mean, just whatever it is. I mean, there's, there's a couple hundred different passions here today. You have that, you have that, uh, you have those, that gift, for those things. Then you discover what the passion is. Whether it's business or art or economics. Okay, so I, my wife is an example. She really loves to help people. That's her thing, right? So before she was ever, before she was ever a nurse, she was actually worked in the dentist's office as a dental assistant. It's just, those things just kind of progress. And, and so uh, she, she's a, a great example of that where your giftedness for detail and exactness, because you want to make sure you administer just the right shot and not too much of that shot, right? You want a person with that gift mix for detail orientation to be in that job. You don't want me in that job, because, you know, a little extra can't hurt you. you know, if, a, <laughs> if, if a lot is good, you know, if a little is good, a lot must be better, right? That's my philosophy, so I wouldn't be a good nurse. So you take the giftedness and then you find the passion and you mix them all up. So you ask yourself, here's how, here, here comes the big question now. If money was not the object, what would you love to do with your gifts? Where is that passion? Where does it lie? Because 99% of the time at the intersection where giftedness and passion meet, there you'll find your purpose. There you'll find your purpose. It's what helps you figure out what God wants you to do in your life. We've been calling it purpose up to this point. We could just as easily call it your destiny, what it is you're doing with your life. Your purpose in life, your destiny, is found at the intersection of your gift and your passion. Remembering, listen, that all that is gold does not glitter. When you get a hold of what your purpose is for life, you don't care if it glitters or not. You don't care if everybody notices. Why? Because you just love what you're doing. You love rescuing animals. 
You just love it. It's your passion. It's your purpose in life is rescuing animals. Congratulations. Now you have a reason every day to get out of bed because God took your giftedness with your passion, put the lime in the coconut and mixed it all up, (laughs) right? And came out with your purpose in life. I have been placed on this earth to do this thing. So you find that place where your gifts meet your passions and you're well on your way. So you pray, you dig into the word, then you determine what your gift is, then what you're passionate about, and then here's an important one. So now you just don't go off half-cocked. It's important you get a little bit of counsel, right? Don't take your counsel from the fortune cookies. You're going to go to people that love the Lord. Um, When Cheryl and I, we were... Here's some counsel my wife and I got early on. I did exactly this. This I'm only talking to you from experience. So I got saved. I gave my life to the Lord. What is my purpose in life? I know I have a purpose in life. I'm trying to figure that out. And the pastor gives me some advice. I go to the word. I'm reading in the word in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I could not get off of that verse for like a month or two. And learn of me, learn of me, learn of me, learn of me. And like, okay. And then I went to church and I did Sunday school. I did everything the church had to offer to learn. And then the pastor said, have you ever considered Bible school? And then that's how this, this giftedness plus passion was married in my life. Because I went to my pastor and I said, I think that I think I need to go be a pastor. You know what his counsel was to me? Very, very wise man. Just went to be with the Lord a year ago, this last month. Ron Callahan, uh, now uh, been with the Lord. This was in Pekin, Illinois. He moved to Lexington, Kentucky. He said, Eric, here's my advice to you. <clears throat> Remember this? He says, Eric, if you can do anything else on the face of the earth, you better go do that because you better be called to do what you, what you said you want to do because there are going to be people that are going to lie on you and hate on you and not like what you do. You're going to get persecuted. You're going to have all kinds of issues. So if there's anything else that you think you might like to do, you should go do that. This is his counsel to me, which was startling and cementing at the same time because I said, there's nothing else I can do. This is what I got to do. And so you set your, let me just tell you something to clear your mind marvelously about purposes in life. And that's your ability to burn bridges because people tell you, don't burn a bridge, don't burn a bridge. I'm your pastor today telling you there's bridges to burn in your life because as long as you have a way of escape back, you'll use it. Personal experience. I'm a bridge burner. Let's torch that thing and move on. I'm not, I've been that way. I'm not going around that mountain again, Lord. Because some of you are still going around the same mountain you went around 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. You went around the mountain. You got serious with God. You got in his word. You prayed. You got a revelation. This is my purpose in life. And you said, I don't like that because it's not glittery. It doesn't seem to be important enough. And so what he did, he says, okay, go around that mountain again. And so you go around the mountain again. And when you get serious with God, where do you think he brings you back to? The very same place you were last time you got serious with God. And then you go, oh, God, I need a purpose. Give me a word. Show me a sign. Show me an air. Now you're looking for an airplane in the sky because you didn't like the last word he gave you. Oh, God, give me a fresh word. God says, I'm not going to give you a fresh word till you do the last word that I gave you. You see how simple this is? So you go, okay, God, I'm serious now. He goes, well, there it is again. Well, it's not glittery enough, but it's gold. I don't want to, and you go off around the mountain again and off around the mountain again. 
And then you become, I'm going to just tell you, you become a thorn in the flesh of most Christians who are on fire for God and certainly your pastor. Because you won't grow up. You know, there comes a time when mom makes Junior's bed, but then mom says to Junior, it's time to learn to make your own bed. Time to make your bed. You got to make your bed. Junior doesn't want to make his bed. Well, mom's not going to make it for you anymore. See, God used to answer all kinds of prayers for you when you were young in the Lord. Why? Because you were quick to obey what God told you to do. But now you're not so quick to do what God told you to do, and now you're wondering why your prayers aren't being answered. God says, why don't you do the last thing I told you to do, and then we'll get back on track again. So come to the foot of the mountain, say, God, I'm going to ask, I want to have that purpose revealed, and maybe it's something just as simple as the curtain and opening again. Not a fresh revelation, just a readjustment, a resetting of course, that's true north, okay, okay, I'm headed that way, a foom, and then Monday morning comes in, but you, now you have, you have your purpose. You can see the yellow line down the middle of the road, and off you go. Is this making sense to anybody? Okay. What was I talking about? Pastor Callahan, you got to get counsel. When I decided to start Fivefold International, our credentialing organization, 22 years ago, I mean, that's something I took very seriously. I talked to Pastor Nordyke. I said, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Destiny Church, call up John King. Had a conversation with John King just yesterday uh, talking about all the stuff that's going on with Hillsong and trying to navigate, you know, what... I, I just don't think God has, has a stomach for celebrity pastors. Can I just say that? I just don't think he does. I don't think he does. Because those two words are kind of antithetical, Amen. I think. Amen. Like celebrity servant. How does that work? How's that working for you? <laughs> Moving here, big decisions in life that I make, course corrections that I make in my purpose, I get counsel. I get godly counsel. Now, please understand this. I would highly suggest that the overwhelming majority of your counselors be Christians whose lives are on fire and passionate for God. Don't go to some dead, dry, old, dusty saint who hasn't seen fresh fire in their life for the last 10 years and, ask, and put your pearls before that swine, metaphorically speaking, and ask them to be excited about your purpose. They're going to go, oh, boy, you better settle down. You better settle down. You just need to settle down. That ain't going to happen. I saw three people try that. They died. They died. They just died right there. You don't want to do that, right? You don't want that. That's not the kind of counsel that you want. You want people that are on fire who are what? Full of faith to believe that, yeah, that is possible. I think that's sure. Sure, get a pontoon boat and go from camping site to camping site on the weekend out the lake and just pull it right up to a a campsite and start preaching the gospel at that campsite. That's an awesome idea. Now, if you came to me with that idea, I'd be fired up with you. If you said, I asked God for a purpose in life. This is my passion. I love boating. I love preaching. I want to be out on the water. And, and, and I believe that God would just have me go preach the gospel to weekend campers out at the lake. I'd be like, yeah, that's an awesome minute. I don't even know what that's called, but never seen that happen before. But that's good. You should do that. You should do so do that. That's the kind of people you want around you. When you come with them with a God idea, you want them to go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, let me also say this. There's some wisdom in the world. I get that. But let me tell you this. God does not always lead by a spreadsheet, by a balance sheet. You know what that means? 
Any excuse you might have as to why that can't happen, God already has an answer as to why it can. Why do you think he gave you the purpose if he didn't also be willing to provide for you the way to see that purpose accomplished? He's not a teasing God. He's not, a, he's not twisted. Oh, I'm going to give them something they can't do. I'm going to give them something they can't do without me. And so you take that wild dream and you present it to someone in the world who only sees ones and zeros. They're going to go, well, it doesn't, it doesn't look like it's going to pan out. Well, that's what the counselors would have told Moses when he said, I'm going to part the Red Sea and let five million people through. They go, yeah, that hasn't been done before. You should probably not try that. We've run it through our accountants. We've run it through the lawyers. It's not advisable. Is that who's going to stop your purpose in your life? Now, that bounced off some of your foreheads and just fell on the floor. I'm encouraging you to pick it up and put it back in. Put it back in. Because this is where the faith element comes in finding your purpose in your life. If it was all doable in your strength, there would be no need to have God even give you the purpose. He wants your faithfulness in discovering that in your life. I digress. Let's move on. All right. So pray, number one. Dig into the word, number two. Determine your gifts, number three. Find that passion, number five. Get counsel. And here it is. Let's wrap it up. Trust God. I got to be brutally honest with you here, people. Finding your destiny, finding your purpose in life is brutally difficult if you don't trust God. Because there will be something that stands in your way to seeing that thing being accomplished. It's not going to happen automatically. And so when adversity comes, you need to have been gotten such a clear enough word in prayer through the word that no matter what comes against you? De- no, nothing. No height, no depth, no things present. No, nothing can separate you from that lovely, lovely word that God gave you about what his plan is for your life. Amen. And you just say, you know, I, I, I'm not a movie guy, but I, I, I think like in the movie Terminator where, where like Arnold Schwarzenegger just had bullets bouncing off like Superman back in the day, you know? It's like, listen, you can shoot. Hit me with your best shot. I will get back up. You cannot keep the passion of God down in the, in the heart of a life of a person who has gone to the word, has asked God, got a purpose for their life. Yes, the curtain will close and the mist will come in. And that's why you want to stay constant in the word. That's why you want to stay constant in prayer and make sure that you're on track every morning when you wake up. God, is this the next thing? Yeah, okay, then that's the next thing. And victory is had every day in the next thing, not in the end. It can be stressful, confusing, frustrating. You want more people to be excited about it than they are. I mean, no one will be more excited about your passion than you. So just right now, plan on being your own cheerleader. My wife is a wonderful cheerleader for me. I said the other day, I I was watching one of those, (laughs) I was watching one of those outdoor shows, you know, where they're just, you know, tracking deer and, you know, shooting their food and that kind of stuff. And I, and I leaned over to her. I said, I said, I need to get back outdoors. I need to give you something. She goes, you just go right ahead. She's an awesome cheerleader. I don't know what that means, whether I'm going to, you know, start off taking bow hunting and kill my, kill, my, kill my dinner today or whatever, but, but she's a great cheerleader. But there are things in my life she can't cheer me on about, 
And there are things in your life no one else can cheer you on. You have to be determined that you heard God and you got to do what he told you to do. There was nobody patting Noah on the back. All right, now I'm going to get really serious. Um, And um, discuss with you a little bit more about this poem. All that is gold does not glitter and all who wonder are not lost. In 1968, there was a man whose last name was Peter who, inv- who invented, who coined the phrase the Peter principle. Not Peter in the Bible, just Peter. His last name was Peter's, or Peter, I don't recall. <clears throat> and it was, it was actually somewhat satirical when he wrote it, and it ended up being a book, The Peter Principle. And if, you've, if you're in management at all, you may, have he- you may have heard the phrase that people in hierarchy tend to rise to a level of respective incompetence. People who are in a hierarchy have a tendency to be promoted to, a le- to their highest level of incompetence. Uh, it, it, it works like this. You work at uh, One Stop Auto. Why do you work at One Stop Auto? Because you love working on cars. Man, you know everything about cars. You know that. The torque and the ratio and the, and the 10WD40 gizmo and the flux capacitor. And you know, you know all that. You read all the car magazines and, and you know... the. the you know everything about it. I mean, I mean, the important stuff like how much air pressure is supposed to go in your cars. To this day, I still have to look in the inside of my car every time I put air in my car to make sure it's the right amount. But some of you just, that, why do you work at, at A1 Auto? Because that's what I love to do, right? So here's Tom, Larry, Joe, and they're working at A1 Auto. And they are, man, they are they're amazing. They're amazing. They do, they do their job very, well, very, very well. In fact, they do it so well, the boss promotes them to overseeing other people in the shop. But that's not Tom's forte. That's not Tom's gift. Tom likes wrenching, not managing. But he sucks it up, and he takes the promotion, and he gets a few more dollars, and now he's overseeing a few people. He works on cars a little bit less. And he does a decent job there. So much so, they move him up in the front office. Now he's got to wear a white shirt and a tie. And he's behind the computer. He's looking up people when they come in. Now, who are you, Mr. So-and-so? And da 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 And now he's not even getting his fingernails dirty. And you walk in, and that guy behind the counter is incompetent. Why is that? It's because he got promoted to his highest level of incompetency. It's called the Peter Principle. The guy behind there, what's his gift mix? Where his meets his passion? He wants to be out in the shop. But he accepted something that glittered instead of hanging on to the gold. Why? Because our society says a promotion is good. And what he did, he promoted himself right out of his purpose. You, this is not true for everyone, but if you fall into the rut of every promotion has to be accepted, you could very well likely promote yourself right out of your purpose because you're looking for something that glitters so you can buy the next thing. And you've lost the joy. Now, now, now Tom hates getting up and going to work every day. Hates it. 
Employees are often promoted based on their success in previous jobs until they reach a level in which they're no longer competent. The school principal, why did they get involved in education? They just want to help kids. Next thing you know, they're assistant principal, then the principal, and now they're making rules about don't step on those flowers, don't walk on those flower beds. Like, wait a second, you got into this because you were passionate about helping children in education, and now it's, you're, just, you're just an incompetent principal. Why? Because you, you, went for the, you went for the glitter, you got promoted right out of your giftedness. So, can you lose your destiny in the process of chasing promotion? Yeah, you can. Because all that is gold does not glitter. Trying to conform to what the hierarchy expects of you can lead to losing your identity. I'm not saying you shouldn't accept promotions or more money or more responsibilities or a job transfer to another city, but the question is this. Should we continue to go through life being conditioned to keep accepting the next reward so that we can keep on running like a squirrel in a cage? Or should we slow down enough to know what your destiny is in life, where your giftedness meets your passion, because that's where you find the joy of the Lord. So you pray, you dig into the word, you determine your gifts, you find your passion, you get some godly counsel, and then you just trust God. Psalm chapter one, verse one. Blessed is the man or woman who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law, the word. And on that law, he'll meditate day and night. Then he's like a tree planted by the streams of water, which does what? Yields fruit. You're actually going to be finding that purpose in your life. And whose leaf does not wither. We started out with Psalm 57 too. I cry to the Lord most high, the God who fulfills his purpose for me. Are you looking for it? You want it? Maybe you've never found it. Never, maybe you've never found it. You can find it today. Or you can start to find it today. I don't want to give you a false hope that says you can come down to this altar after service and you can get on your knees and you can pray and say, God, I'm ready, show me my purpose and boom, there is the cloud shaped like Africa over your head when you walk outside. No. It may, take, it may take some time. Because I think God wants to know how serious you are about the size of the plan he has for you. So I want to close. We can put some music on, Aaron. Um, I'm going to have you all stand in a minute. But I'm going to close with this entire poem of Tolkien. It's only two stanzas long, so it's not going to be long and lengthy, but I need you to listen to the words because he's, he's, he's in our heads this morning as it relates to finding our purpose, okay? So maybe you just close your eyes and listen to this. All that is gold does not glitter. Not all who wonder are lost. The old that is strong does not wither. Deep roots are not reached by the frost. From the ashes, a fire shall be woken. A light 
from the shadows shall spring. Renewed shall be blade that was broken. And the crownless again shall be king. You can regain your passion this morning. I'm going to tell you, as you sit there this morning, just thinking for a moment. If you want to find your purpose and you want to have restored passion in your life, there are relationships that right now are just dead, dry chaff in your life. Because you'll end up being like the people you spend the most time with. Get free from what other people think, their opinions, their hurt, they cause you, how they disappointed you, how they betrayed you, how they rejected you, how they lied on you. Get it all out. Forgive them. Let it go. Move on with your life. And don't let anyone or anything hinder you from your purpose. Would you stand up with me this morning, please? If you need to spend some time with the Lord, I'm going to ask that you just come forward now. Find a place at this altar. Staff, you want to come and pray for these? Just lay a hand on them that are coming forward now. This message just needs something sealed up in your heart. God just just rung a cord in your spirit and you're saying, yeah, I, I, I need to just seal the deal with God this morning. I just need to have a word with him, him and me. Come on down to this altar right now. And I'll tell you why that's important. My mom... We had some strawberries in our backyard growing, growing up. She'd make strawberry jam. And I don't know the whole process, but at the end of putting the jam in the jar and some paraffin in the lid and all that, she'd screw that lid on. And then she'd hand that jar of, of preserves to my dad. And my dad would put the final, eh, that extra little squeeze down, snug it up. So you can come in a service like this and you can have the jar of your life filled, but you need the Holy Spirit sometimes just to kind of seal that deal with you. Say, yes, this is the, this is the change that's going to be in my life because of the word of the Lord today. So Father, do a work in our hearts for those today that are wondering even what their purpose is. First and foremost, is to glorify God and enjoy his presence forever. And that happens when you surrender your life to him and you, by faith, just say, yes, Lord. Yes to your word, yes to your ways. I don't understand it all, but I'm gonna accept you as my Lord and my Savior today. That's the first step. And if you need to do that, you should come on down too. We'll pray for you. But if you've already done that and you're looking for a renewed purpose or for the curtain to lift again and the mist to be driven away, even for a moment or two, so that you can readjust your sights, this is the moment to come. This is the moment to open your heart. Say, God, I need you. As we conclude this podcast, we want to take a moment to say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please consider subscribing to receive our weekly podcast on your device. Check out the show notes for links to our website, more information about this message, or to support our ministry. 
You've been listening to the Destiny Church 217 Podcast, your place for real, relevant relationships.